This program is sponsored by Dave Stahl. It's time to get educated on your Second Amendment rights. Welcome to two full hours of Gun Owners Radio. Your hosts, Dave Stahl, Joe Germisi, and Michael Schwartz, will teach you about firearms, self-defense, and the laws that affect your rights to keep and bear arms. Visit GunOwnersRadio.com with questions to learn how to become a sponsor of Gun Owners Radio and get involved. Together, we will win. Now here's your hosts, Dave Stahl, Joe Dramisi, and Michael Schwartz on The Answer San Diego. All right, folks. Welcome to Gun Owners Radio, FM 961, AM 1170. The Answer. Well, you know, recent events have proven again that gun laws don't work. Gun control laws just make it harder for law-abiding citizens to protect themselves. Here's an idea. Instead of making it harder for bad guys to get guns, which doesn't work, what if we try making it easier for good guys to get guns? How do we make that happen? You need to join a Second Amendment activist group like the San Diego County Gun Owners. SDCGO makes activism easy. Working together, we're getting more pro-gun officials elected. You need to join today at SanDiegoCountyGunOwners.com. Go to SanDiegoCountyGunOwners.com and join today. So, hey, guys, how's it going? Good, man. How are you? Living the dream. Heading to heading to Alaska. What are you doing up in Alaska? Going to go drive the ice road, trucker road, and then... In in July, or where are we, June? It's probably going to be sloppy. What do you think? <laughs> you, bringing, you bringing salmon back? Bringing salmon? I don't eat salmon. I'll eat it for you. Bring well, it back. I know you yeah. would, but can you imagine carrying a salmon on an airplane? That's the reason you're going to Alaska if you're not going to bring salmon back. Yeah. I'm going to uh, I'm going to an auto museum. They have autos up in. Uh... Yeah, this thing is awesome. I just seen pictures of it. I haven't had, so I can't wait to do that. And I watched diners, drive-ins, and dives, and seen two restaurants. I got to check out. How long are you up there? For? Six days. Six days. When are you leaving? I'm leaving tomorrow. Coming back Saturday. You what got anything going on Saturday? No, you need to ride home from the airport. Isn't that prom? Not, isn't that the prom? Oh no, it's the following week. Yeah, two weeks. Gun proms in two weeks. Oh, everybody. then I could pay you next Sunday. I thought uh, it was for some reason. My wife, she says, "Oh yeah, when you get back, we got to change clothes and go right straight to the gun prom." It's June eighteenth, everybody. June eighteenth. You got any seats left? We got a ton of seats left. Go to gunprom.com. Buy your seats. You buy say them that today. all the time. That place is going to be packed. Well, let's see. Let's hope. Action Jackson, you're going to be there at gun prom, right? Yep. All Aren't right, you singing the national right. anthem? Uh, maybe. Yeah, right. That's what I heard. Yeah. Are you going to hum it? One of the two. I don't know if you're going to sing or hum. Uh, What's easier, humming or singing? Um, Probably humming. Hum. Yeah, that's yeah. what I would think too. I'd like to see you do an interpretive dance. Me too. Oh yeah, can you dance too? Oh, I can sure dance for you. Already. I had a sneaky feeling. Okay, well there wow. you go. You asked for it. I've folks. never seen such confidence from this young man. I never if, have either. That's if there's amazing. time, then I'll then I'll slide on the dance floor. Nice. Really? Well, you know who else dances is Mike. Have you ever heard of the electric <laughs> slide? Uh, isn't that the one where you slide really far? Yeah, Pretty Google much. it. He'll show you how to do right. it. So I'm seeing a dance off coming on here. Yeah, I do too. We'll throw money at you guys. What do you think? So are you gonna wear a suit? Yep. What color? Black and white. Black and white. Oh, like yeah. a checkered flag, huh? Dapper. Yeah. I'd wear purple. You could stand it. What are you wearing? We got a. Uh, I'll wear a suit. Probably not as dapper as this young man. Are you gonna have a top hat? Somehow I see him in a top. Yeah, hat. Yeah, I do too. You know Wouldn't what I mean? You look good in a top hat. Yeah. You, you know what a top, top hat? hat is? 
Oh, uh, yeah. One of those big, massive hats that Abraham Lincoln wore. Very exactly right. good. Your uncle. <laughs> yeah. We know what you're wearing, Tex. You think? You're really? coming cowboy, right? We'll see. Oh. <laughs> you going to bust out the, the cowboy hat? He the might be in the purple one. The 10-gallon? I'd get a 10-gallon, but it, mine would be like a 15 or 16-gallon, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I'd have to have to God, really expand that. I did buy another. I did buy another cowboy hat. <laughs> I probably ought to. I don't want to. I should shave my beard down a little bit, though. Why? I don't know. You don't know Alaska. you got to have a beard. Right? I know. I'm really thrilled about it. But but everybody listening, we have fewer than two weeks yes. before Gun Prom. So go to gunprom.com right now. Buy your tickets. Yes. We're trying to get everything all finalized. We, we definitely have plenty of room. We can keep adding. We're in an enormous room. So, Bigger than normal? Uh, well, it's the same room as last year, but it's enormous. Are One the lights, lights going to be on? Lights will, be, lights, will, lights will work this year, I promise. Uh, we'll have a plan. My wife asked me to ask you. <laughs> She had to eat via her phone. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get you squared away. Don't yeah. worry. Um, but uh, go to gunprom.com. Buy your tickets. It's only 99 bucks. Come on. Have fun. Oh, yeah. You might win a flamethrower. Might win a- uh, Flamethrower? Might win a gun. Yeah, we got a flamethrower. Hey, Joe Biden sure. says you can't- Well, that's right. As long as it's not a cannon. As long as it's not 9 millimeter. Dibs, yeah. dibs for the flamethrower. Nice. I had a feeling. Why, are you going to barbecue tonight? Yeah. Be a good way to cook. You use it on your creme. What, what we're going to do is we're going to serve kind of raw creme brulee, and then we're going to go around. Oh, the there you go. <laughs> yeah, then you can finish you know, that off. Smoke the top of it. Speaking of flamethrowers, you can actually use that to light a fire. Yes, you could, sorta. But first, you got to light the flamethrower. Yeah, you know, it just oh. uses it just uses gas, like from yeah. your car. Yeah, Jackson, like eighty-seven octane. Exactly for hmm. six dollars and forty-two cents a gallon. Well, that's not bad. <laughs> so, what do you mean that's not bad? My goodness. <laughs> Boy, you're going to be ready for $8 a gallon. Oh, that's right. You don't drive yet. Uh, you're still being chauffeured. Technically, I do. Technically. Speaking, oh, of, speaking of $8 yes. a, a gallon, uh, yes. so Joe Biden, did you hear that Joe Biden wants to ban 9mm? Yes. I, you know, it's just confirmation. <laughs> I mean, we've been saying for years, look, you know, it's it's not just a, you know, camel nose under the tent argument. This is real. If they If they ban... Uh, anything. If they ban ARs, you know, ban, an AR functions it's just like beginning. any other firearm. It's just the beginning. Yeah. You know, you got this is it. This is where the line is. You got to stand And he doesn't firm. even know what he's talking about. Doesn't have a clue what he's talking about. No, There's not a clue. clue. And if you don't believe it could happen, I mean, just look north. Canada just banned the sale of, of, of handguns. All handguns. A moratorium. And a moratorium is not the real word. That's just a... Because it's the real deal. If they, if they call it a moratorium... Is done. You know, a lot of people. I don't, I've talked about this before. Do you remember the what was the what was the movie, Joe? You remember the movie in the nineties? Uh, the pre, was it Dave, the, the president? Oh, uh, was in the jacuzzi? I don't remember or jacuzzi, but it was. Uh, I don't know why. It was. Uh, oh man, I'm totally. Remember Dave? It was Dave. Michael J. Fox was his uh, chief of staff. Right. I thought that was a TV show, wasn't it? Was no, 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 that movie. It's Mars Attacks. No, not Mars Attacks. No, and I'm trying to think um, of who starred. Who was? Who was Dave? What it was, was uh, Douglas. Michael Douglas. No. 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 I'm thinking. <laughs> I'm totally screwing this up. Anyway, where I'm going with this, yeah, in the late 80s and, and 90s, there was a real effort to ban handguns. That actually was yes. a real thing. It yeah. was a reasonable, uh, according to that, it was a reasonable uh, uh, thing to say is, hey, we want to we ban civilian uh, ownership of, of handguns. This is a very real thing. 
So, you know, when we talk about this stuff, when we talk about, you know, hey, no, we're not going to ban ARs. We're not going to give an inch. You know, this is it. We're, we're, mm-hmm. we're holding the line right here, right now. We're not the extremists. We're standing in the way of extremists. And I think that that's an important point to make. And people need to be more unapologetic and far less, um, far less friendly towards the idea of, well, gee, golly, gosh, let's, let's just kind of talk about it. Think about it. I was on KUSI on Kevin Klein. Kevin Klein on Dave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, you know what? But it wasn't, uh, it wasn't that movie I'm remembering now. It was The American President with Michael Douglas. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, that one they were trying to ban. Yeah. They were tra- he, that was a big part of his crime bill was yeah. they were going to ban handguns. They were going to ban handguns. That was a reasonable thing to, to, to talk about in, in those circles back then. Well, and that stuff never goes away, and it's not no. going away now. It's, it's a small it, – I don't say it's a small part. It's a part of a much bigger plan. And people need to be disarmed for them to do the rest of the plan, and that is just not ever going to stop until no. people stop it. And that's just how no, they'll. It is. Ne- yeah, it'll never. As long as you have people that believe that, they will never stop until they think they can accomplish what they need to accomplish. Yeah. Well, finally, there's some. I, I guess some Republicans finally are, are standing up and talking about it. So I mean, that that's a good sign. I don't know if it's. I don't want to say it's too little, too late, but it's a good sign anyway. Yeah, and there's so there. Point out a couple things, everybody listening. The Union Tribune. Um, there's an op-ed from me uh, in yesterday's Union Tribune. Check it out. It's all about uh, basically what we're talking about right now. It's talking about the different uh, attempts to try to try to you know basically what's the problem right now. You know, with as far as gun ownership, and, and I talk about ARs and talk about uh, uh, school safety and, and all that other good stuff. NBC, local NBC. There's a good good interview and then KUSI as well um, so we're out there in the media find that stuff spread it out you know show your friends and don't give an inch alright folks don't touch that dial looks like we've got Ron Charmetz Charles Charetti from Medic Up Con- Consulting is coming up next right I think so that let's hope right. so right here on FM 961 AM 1170 the answer nice All right, folks, welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer. Being your own first responder means uh, more than just learning how to use a gun. It also includes medical training. We're going to talk about it with Ron Charette from Medic Up Consulting in next. But next. first, if you have legal matters that involve firearms, then you need to call California firearm lawyer john dillon and if you have questions about red flag laws gun registration gun transportation or maybe you just need to know that your guns are california compliant call our trusted firearms attorney john dillon john dillon specializes in california gun laws call 760-642-7150 or you can visit his website at dillonlawgp.com all right you've heard of lawyering up yep well we're going to talk about medicking up uh, that sounds like a good idea to me. <laughs> With uh, Ron Charette, from, he's the owner of Medic Up Consulting. Ron, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Can you hear me? Perfectly. How are you, sir? Good, good. Thanks for having me on. You bet. So tell us about Medic Up Consulting. What do you guys do? Yeah, so Medic Up Consulting, what we do, uh, we do, uh, right now, we do LA County CCWs. We also incorporate uh, medical training, so like stop the bleed, use a tourniquet, uh, wound packing, chest seals, stuff like that. Uh, our whole goal is to make you know like anyone into like a, a force multiplier. So 
Um, you know, a little bit about myself. I'm a deputy sheriff also for the last nine years, uh, also EMT last five years. And our, you know, our team, it was about six of us, seven of us, consists of uh, ex-military and uh, EMTs and law enforcement. Yeah, so we try to educate the public, um, you know, just these firearms, be safe with it, uh, be a... Uh, uh, firearms, be safe with it, be with uh, know your laws, know the limits and all that. And also, you know, how to fix yourself in case you were to get hurt, you know. Uh, this stuff happens every day, whether it's a car accident or you taking out your your gun to protect yourself, you know, stuff like that, you know, maybe an, an active shooter, you know, Lord forbid. Well, the you know, back in the – I learned first aid back in the 80s, um, and it was, uh, you know um, – it was pretty basic back then, and it, it it feels like in the last within about the last twenty years, first aid in general has become more focused and a little bit uh, far far more technologically advanced. You know, with like tourniquets are are uh, you know uh, a big part of of first aid these days. And people know how to use it way better than they used to, and they're they're sold pretty regularly. I mean, you can practically you know find them in any drugstore these days. They're they're all over the place. But uh, it seems like the most important. Maybe you can you can uh, speak to this being being an EMT. Mm-hmm. It seems like yeah, the most important thing on any emergency situation is to stop people from bleeding. You know that yep. that that you know if, if they broke a bone or whatever, you can always, you can set that later. But if they're bleeding, you got to act right now. Yeah, yeah. So that's one of the major uh, pushes that we you know showing whether it's uh, teaching police officers or just civilians it's like you gotta stop that bleed um you can bleed out between one to five minutes uh depending how uh, severed that artery is you know we talk about femoral and our brachial artery not trying to get too technical but you know some general terms uh we gotta stop that bleed right away otherwise um that person they're actively trying to die in front of you Mm. if you know if they're massive hemorrhaging and all that so one you said one to five minutes one to five minutes, exactly. and and what's a typical? Uh, certainly, no. Well, like, what's the typical response from an ambulance? It's not one to five minutes. So, no, no. So, so I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. So you got to so, know this stuff. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, you're looking at hopefully within seven minutes if they answer. So you might be, you no. Know, your question might be like, what do you mean if they answer? So living me working out, working and living out in L.A. Uh, Los Angeles area. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people find it hard to believe. I don't know. I don't know about San Diego, but a lot of people find it hard to believe that when they call nine one one, they expect people or expect you know, whoever maybe to show up. But what happens when they don't answer the call? So that's a common thing in LA City area, um, and our students can attest to this also. Is that when they call nine one one, no one picks up or they get an answer machine. Um, so we drive it home where. You have to learn these vital skills just in case your safety net, a.k.a. the 911 system, is not working. So that to our what, 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 not where, what is that? If you, I, maybe you don't know the answer to this. I don't, we don't have to get too deep into this. But yeah. what do you mean it's not working? Like, are they over? Are, they over, are there just not enough operators? Or what's, what's going on that they wouldn't pick up? Impacted system impacted the whole EMS system. Uh, that's what's crazy what's going on. Um, is really prevalent in the LA City area, so they, yeah. So that's why at our CCW courses we teach stop the bleed incorporating our CCW courses. They actually learn this skill, and I say a group of fifteen or twenty students. I ask the question: 
All right, who who in the group has uh, call nine hundred one? You know, you get about half the people. Okay, out of the half the people, who call nine hundred one and someone not answer? You'll get about one or two, and everyone's looking at each other like, "Wow, that's a thing." Yes, it's a thing. Mm. Um, so it's more important for you to be your own first responder. Um, you having a, a you know a gun on you as a, you know CCW owner and knowing this skill, the medical skill. Um, it's a, it's, it's crazy. Um, you know, a lot of people don't know this. I don't know how it is in San Diego. If you guys ever even come across that at all. It's, it's the same way, but even better weather. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. You know, the, uh, um, I don't know, honestly, I haven't heard about, uh, pro- that, that level of, of, uh, of, of no response from, from 911 down here in San Diego, but that doesn't mean it's not the same. I, I, but no matter what. Like you said, uh, ambulances uh, are at least seven minutes away, and someone can bleed out in one to five minutes. I, I've yeah. I've I've been on the scene of a you know horrible accident, and you know here and there a couple of medical emergencies, and uh, you know you gotta act, you gotta act right here and now. And I gotta tell you, I, I I know that if you don't know what you're doing, and you sit there and you watch somebody pass, you watch somebody what? die. I, I guarantee you, you're going to be thinking about that the rest of your life. I could have done yeah. something, you know. I could have exactly. done something. I'll stay forever. I'll stay with you forever, and uh, you know, you have that survivor's guilt after the fact, you know. And what could I've done, you know, to make it better that one, you know, day? So that's one of the reasons why I took this uh, medical thing, uh, you know, seriously. Is me being a deputy sheriff. I'm like, whoa, I don't really don't know that much. So let me learn this skill. And this skill just bloomed into something where I'm teaching fellow officers and deputies as long as, you know, as well as the public, too. Mm. So it's a beautiful thing that, you know, it grew out of this. That's interesting. Okay, so, and we were talking about and the, the stop the bleed. That, that, that's like the phrase that, like I said, yeah. it's become more focused and, uh, you know, uh, you know, like I said, back in the 80s when I learned first aid, I mean, it was everything from, well, you know, we, we spent as much time on how to remove a splinter as we did – you know, uh, putting direct pressure and indirect pressure, you know what I mean? But it really seems yeah. to be a lot more focused and they a little bit more uh, data-driven is, is maybe a, a little bit uh, a better description. But stopping the bleed seems to be the, the sec- second only to someone not breathing. You know, if they're if they're not breathing, you got to get them breathing first. Is that? Yes, yeah. So, yeah, we all, you know, know about CPR, have a you know, understanding of what CPR is. Um, but yeah, stopping the bleed is just as important. Um, you know, we, not, <laughs> I say it like this, you see, uh, drops of blood coming out of someone, you know, a massive bleed. So we got to first grasp what a massive bleed looks like. Mm. And, you know, you gotta think of like a small garden hose or, you know, something that flowing of blood is just so much. You're like, wow, that's, you need to stop right away. Um, yeah, but the skill of the Stop the Bleed program, you know, allows everyday people to learn this vital skill um, wherever. We're just one of many, uh, you know, resources out there uh, able to give, you know, facilitate this subject to the general public. Um, yeah, if, if, if more people learn this skill uh, from traumatic, you know, they could survive most traumatic injuries regarding, uh, you know, uh, loss of blood. Whether and this applies everywhere, you know, it applies. You know, we drive cars every day. Yeah. Right. Uh, how many times you see a car accident on the side of the road, or you know, something that happens? You work late night, and if you you're more likely to use this skill, you know, than anything else. 
Yeah, oh yeah, um, especially that, that's probably the most common, right, is a car accident. I mean, honestly, most of us are probably going to get through life without having to deal with a bullet wound. But yeah, but but exactly. what we but it's less likely we're going to get through life without being witness or possibly being a part of a uh, you know a pretty serious car crash. That's probably the most common. Is that the most common? What what is what what do you what do you see normally? What are people dealing with out there when it comes to, you know, something that they could have helped as far as first aid? Uh, Car crashes, uh, car crashes, uh, motorcycle down. So we have a lot of mountain areas in uh, Los Angeles, the Angeles National Forest. So car crashes, big time. Uh, bicyclists in mm. the in, in the pathways, and you know, uh, out in the busy freeways that we have, car accidents, massive bleeding, that type of stuff. Um, so if if you're a bystander or even it happened to yourself, you know, you can before first responders even show up you ha- you know we get that one to five minute window for you to start acting uh, we're not you know california we don't have a you know we don't have a a mobile blood bank yet like some states do or you know some uh, countries do so we gotta you know stop it right then and there uh and not only that a lot of people buy say first aid kits and they never may have never opened their first aid kits before yeah right so they get, a first aid kit with 130 band-aids in it. Okay, I'm good to go. You know, so it's kind of like educating people too. What's the correct type of first aid kit you should get um, for a, a situation that might you potentially die from? Um, so that's that's a whole nother educational thing too. It's like, okay, I, I took a class. Now, what are the correct tools? Uh, that's why our classes, you know, we give each student a tourniquet, you know, a cat tourniquet or a soft tea tourniquet. Yeah. And we actually train everyone on both of those tourniquets because both of those are pretty much out in the field, whether it's by police officers or um, by uh, fire departments. So we want to train the public to know all these tools and how to apply it to themselves or, you know, a fellow neighbor. Um, because it's one thing of buying it. Okay, it's in my car. It's in the shrink wrap paper. Then you need to use it at the time of need. You're like, oh crap! Uh, I got you know blood on my hands. Now I can't open up the plastic because the same thing is going to in and out and opening up a ketchup uh, thing, and I can't. My hands keep slipping, right? <laughs> so it's that whole educational thing, also that okay, you learn the skill. Now you know what kind of tools you need, and um, so yeah, it's, that's all you know. That we were trying to convey and get out there. All right. Hey, great interview, but we want you to stay for another segment if we can. Okay. All right, folks, you're listening to Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The Answer. Ah! folks welcome back you're listening to gun owners radio fm 961 am 1170 the answer hey folks do you have jewelry that nobody wears anymore maybe a watch that's just gathering dust in your closet what if you went to leo hamels and sold it you could use the cash to get a gun or take that pistol class you've been t- talking about well when you sell your used jewelry or watches to leo hamel not only do you get the best deal in town, you're also supporting the Second Amendment. One of the easiest ways to support the Second Amendment is to support our partners like Leo Hamill. Call him at 619-299-1500. 
or you can visit their showroom on San Diego Avenue Avenue, and always get awesome service at Leo's. All right, we're talking to Ron from MediCup Consulting about first aid, and I just found out off the air, Action Jackson, what did you learn how to do over the weekend? Uh, apply a tourniquet. Nice. And how old are you? Nine. Was it was it was it hard to to do the tourniquet? Uh, it's actually easier than you would think. It is easier than. And who taught you how to do it? Uh, Ashley, aka Smashley, on Instagram. Smashley did, and she's a uh, she's a police officer, right? Um. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's. Did awesome. you do it on your dad? Uh, not the tourniquet. Yet. Not yet. Oh, not yet. <laughs> Oh, that's be ready, Dad. Jeez, <laughs> no, when you're sound <laughs> asleep, I'm not quite sure what that. I'm, I'm not sure, quite sure where that's going. <laughs> a little either. worried. All right, anyway, back to Ron. Yeah, Ron. <laughs> Ron, how's it going, man? Good, good. Yeah, that's exactly who should be learning this this skill is is children. Uh, I push it hard that, that you know if you learn this skill to teach children in the school setting, I mean, it just makes sense to us. Well, kids get hurt a lot, right? <laughs> Absolutely. They're always getting punctured and, you know, whatever, skinned alive. But I think Ron's <laughs> thinking more, like, say, from a school shooting, you know, where kids could actually jump in, you know, and, and possibly – because, you know, first aid, it's it's a matter of minutes, right? Correct. So, yeah, um, yeah, this is exactly – we have a lot of school uh, admin coming to our courses – and after we're done with the course, they usually come up after the class and they, you know, want to chit-chat. And they're looking at us like, why is this not getting taught into schools? I'm like, you know what? You just became an ambassador to this program. It's up to you now to go take this information you just learned and what, and take it back to, you know, your admin, the higher-ups, and let them know why this is important. Um now, and, and I mean, you're, you're you're in L.A.? Are you an L.A. Uh, sheriff so, deputy? Yes, L.A. sheriff. Yes. Okay, and and you and your medic up consulting. You got you guys teach classes then? Yes, yes. Uh, we teach you teach stop the bleed classes. Yeah. Okay. And, and so we, anyone in the Orange County, L.A., yeah. even uh, Ventura County, San Bernardino, any anybody in the surrounding area can come take classes from you. Yes, we had people all the way from Las Vegas come out and take our classes uh but yeah everywhere we just held one today to uh south orange county in mission viejo uh to a brazilian jiu-jitsu gym um 19 of students showed up over there and learned it actually today and they were all issued a uh, tourniquets also but yeah nice. this this we're, we're you know we're really busy uh, make sure we're trying to get at least one or two classes out a month um trying to pack it in and just give this skill out um and you also teach the the ccw class yeah we teach la county ccw so talk about that i mean he's issuing right that's how how's that going you think yeah he is issuing um so far there's up to three thousand issue what in the last year and a half um so yeah it's beautiful uh you know we help our students uh to get on the right track on how to figure this thing out it's not that difficult living in la county to be honest um there's a crime everywhere so everyone has good cause i think everyone's just wondering oh you know what's what's good cause i'm like you live in where do you live oh la city all right um do you see this this and that yes that's your good cause i'm like do you have a rolex watch that's your good cause i mean it's so bad right now it's out of control well they actually i mean 
that's not bad. Three thousand in a year and a half. That's that's about on. That's what San Diego's issuing about the same track. Oh, so almost not, it's almost two hundred a month, something like that. Very, yeah, very nice. I'm yeah, not good at math. I had to ask Jackson to do the division for me, but he did it. Uh, yeah, easy peasy. It's like <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's easy peasy. Hey man, why don't you ask him your question? What's your what questions you have for him? Uh, what's your favorite gun? Good question. Oh. So I just, great question. I just picked up a Staccato 2011, a P Duo. So oh, that's right. You're a, you're a cop, right? That's not a fair <laughs> no, question. He's no, allowed. That to, wasn't good. Yeah, he's allowed to have anything he wants. He's a little. Some 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 of us are a little bit more equal than others. <laughs> yeah. So my that, second favorite, I guess you can say, will be the uh, 1911 TRP I just picked up. Also, those are outstanding. In fact, weren't yeah. those made for? I, wait, I might be wrong. I was going to say, were they made for LAPD SWAT or no, no, no? I think they were made for. I think originally the TRP was a, uh, a Springfield copied uh, what they made for. It might have been FBI SWAT. I, I, I could be. You wrong. got but me there. Yeah, you got me there. To Super be nice though, right? It those was beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. I, I, uh, what do you carry? So I carry at work a HK45 USP. Is that your choice, or how do they do that? No, yeah, it's my choice. It's my choice. They were used to issue us uh, MMP uh, 2.0, 9mm. Hmm. Um, but, yeah, I always had the HK on me. Um, you know, I like it. I train with it all the time. I have a Surefire X300 on it. I love it. Can't complain. Now you've been a cop a few more more than more than a couple of years, right? You've been there for a while. Am I allowed to say cop? No. That's not offensive. Should I say police officer or deputy? That's not like... it, it, whatever. It's the same. Yeah. All right, all right. <laughs> you're, you've been a deputy for years. How how has it been being in, in law enforcement the last couple of years? It's been a little sporty, right? Yeah, it's it's been a little difficult. Um, you know, things here and there, but you know, uh, I think the rewarding thing out of this is teaching my uh, my peers teaching my peers um, this medical stuff, you know, going back to the medical stuff. Um, I was fortunate enough to train, train our Sheriff's Academy um, a couple weeks ago, 80 recruits. Out of the 80 recruits, I asked them, who, has, who knows what a tourniquet is? I say maybe 20 of them out of 80 didn't know what it was. Actually, sorry, 20 out of 80 knew what it was. The rest of them did not know what it was. Hmm. So it was really rewarding that week me teaching them that skill and showing them, and they all got issued tourniquets themselves, it made me feel good. Just in case an incident was to ever arise, they will not forget that moment. So that was a self-fulfilling thing to me. Um, well, you know, tour- tourniquet guidance with tourniquets has changed over the last 30-whatever years. It used to be that they were really – the guidance used to be that you should only use a tourniquet when you know the person is going to lose the limb. And that is mm-hmm. no longer true. Now it's like you oh. tourniquet everything, man. Yeah. yeah. So tourniqueting for massive bleed, uh, it's not for everything. So people have a misconception. Oh, uh, you know, I, I, I'd say a gunshot wound got through on through. Well, if it's oozing blood versus massive bleeding, um, you know, that's going to take something else. It's not going to necessarily take a tourniquet. But if you see that massive bleeding, yeah, you're going to throw that tourniquet. What we teach is high and tight on the limb, so whether it's arm or leg. Um, get it high and tight. Yeah, you can have that tourniquet on there for a nice uh, up to six hours. Uh, we had other EM uh, emergency trauma doctors in our courses, and they've seen up to fourteen hours, Jeez. and that and not lose a limb. So it's you know that phenomenon or that that old saying of you know you're gonna lose a limb. That is not the case. That is not the case at all. Um, but yeah, 
for us in L.A. County, we're fortunate enough at the point of injury in applying that tourniquet, you're going to be seen by a trauma one, trauma two doctor, uh, there's rather trauma one, trauma two uh, hospital within 30 minutes. So that tourniquet, in reality, is not going to be that much time on you, given the fact that hopefully, you know, someone called 911 or 911 is on their way. Or if not, buddy transport, um, pulling someone in your car and taking them to the trauma center. So, yeah, up to 30 minutes tops, you'll probably have that on, you know, in this day and age That's in awesome. a big city. That's awesome. Yeah. And how, do you, how often do you have, do you have, you guys have classes every week or how often are you guys doing, doing classes? So we have classes, uh, we do uh, twice every month. So it would be in various areas like San Bernardino, uh, in Los Angeles area, Orange County, um, you know, various areas, wherever we can find a venue. We're always looking for more venues. We always want to expand. I mean, uh, my goal, uh, me and my wife say, we want to go teach out in San Diego. And it's been a nice weekend over there. So if you guys have San Diego that wants to have a uh, top to bleed course by Medica Consulting, we'd be more than happy to go down there. But yeah, we're we're um, we're trying to expand, trying to get all of Southern California to learn this skill. And you know, you're going to learn the skill, and you're also going to walk away with a tourniquet. You're going to learn the skill and get a tourniquet with the class. You know, instead of like, oh, I'll get it later on. No procrastination. You will have one. Nice. What else do you do? You, do you do? You, uh, what about like the what do they call it? Are they hemo? Joe, what's the term for the, the, the hemostatic? He, hemostatic. He, hemostatic, like the hemostatic, like sponges and 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 yeah, uh, like combat. So yeah. it's it's called combat gauze or cellox gauze. So yeah, that stuff. Uh, so think of gauze. Say you have to pack a wound. Uh, say like uh, the upper clavicle area. We call those junctional areas. That's where you're gonna uh, pack a wound. So you might. If you have gauze, which is great, combat gauze, even better. If you had nothing at all, you would can, you can use a T-shirt, T-shirt mm. or a sock. And we don't care about being a sterilized environment at all. Um, the reason for that, because we have one to five minutes before we bleed out. So the, you know, the infection stuff, they can deal with that at the hospital. But the point of injury, we got to stop the bleed right away. So that's a whole no, that's another uh, uh, little tip that we give out and you know we have a lot of doctors coming to our classes too and they can attest to it yeah we don't care about sterilization at this point get in there if it's it's their sock it's dirty you're going to use it and pack that wound and stop that bleed what do you think about jackson what do you think about that man would you put a stock a sock in someone's wound kind of kind of gross I mean, it would be gross, but it's better than nothing. Amen to that. You're exactly right. Yep. So, yep. how? Th- I mean, being a, a deputy close to L.A., I, I'd imagine, I, I don't know how much L.A. County uh, deputies go into the actual city. I don't know what the overlap is with LAPD. But, you know, L.A. in general is considered kind of a hot spot when it comes to, uh, you know, criminals with guns. How often do you see a, a, a gunshot wound on the job? So, gunshot wounds are very prevalent. So, me, where I'm working, I'm doing a lot more training, so I'm not much in the field right now. Um, but gunshot wounds is a really prevalent thing. So I have our Instagram page at Medicup Consulting, and we're, I'm always posting about, you know, whatever's happening in our neighborhoods. Because I think that's, one, is helping the good cause for CCW holders, hint, hint. And two, uh, it shows that what's actually happening around us uh, that's not making the major news. But gun, gunshot wounds is happening all the time. Not only that is stabbings and um, stabbings and uh, machete type wounds and stuff like that. So Jeez. you know, a lot of little stuff is happening. So Medicup Consulting, what's your what's your website? MedicupConsulting.com, and you can find us on Instagram at Medicup Consulting.
Awesome. Thanks, man. All right, folks. Hey, we'll be right back right here on Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The Answer. Uh, associate editor of Concealed Carry Magazine, Beth Alcazar, is next. But first, do you ever wish cleaning your gun was easier? Well, clean, lube, and protect your guns with CL1. CL1 CLP Plus is natural, non-toxic, and environmentally friendly. Clean your guns easier and faster. You'll also smell better, too. Something the wives will appreciate. One and done with CL1. Ask for it by name at your local gun shop. Or get some on their website, seal1.com. That's seal, the number one, dot com. All right. We've got uh, Beth Alcazar on the line. Beth, are you there? I am here. How are you today? I'm doing very well. How about you? I'm not doing bad at all. I have absolutely no idea what we're going to talk about. So that's, oh, why, you're gonna that's why I'm going to talk to Beth. How come it doesn't say Joe? Uh, it does say that. But anyway, Beth, uh, welcome to the show. It's outstanding <laughs> to have you here. This is I'm like, excited uh, and honored. Thank you, guys. <laughs> oh, it's more exciting for me since it's like talking to Mick Jagger here. Cause, uh, <laughs> Mick like, Jagger? Oh, yeah. Beth is the first gun writer that I came across when I got back into firearms and things like that. She was, uh, and I think she's still... Um, Right. Well, she was a blog writer for Concealed Carry. She's done much more since then, but um, that was the really her stuff was the first stuff I discovered, and it was really influential in um, like starting our um, our blog page on San Diego County Gun Owners Blog page. Uh, it looks the way it looks mostly because of uh, Beth's influence. So I was really happy to be able to talk to her here today. Oh my gosh, that that's just making me blush. I really am just so honored and just what a what a cool thing to hear. I'm so glad that some little thing that I might have done could inspire or or encourage someone like you to do what you're doing. So that's fantastic. Yeah, well, that's why we do the things that we do here. That's what I was just going to say. It's kind of people like you, Beth, is what motivates people to do what they do. And and really. And, Without being, you know, don't blush, but that's kind of your goal, right? To imp- to Im- impact people. Absolutely. I mean, and and you know, getting involved with the firearms industry, it's amazing how close knit this group can be, and how supportive they can be. And of course, it becomes for a lot of us more than just a job or a career. It becomes a mission, and it's so awesome to be part of that mission with so many great 2A advocates out there like guys like you doing what you're doing every week too that's fantastic so beth i want to start because you're like me you've done a million different things here (laughs) so um when did you start writing uh because i know you're a you're a trainer you do a bunch of other things too but let's start with the writing part so how did you get into that yeah well i guess i've been writing for a long time really i when I got involved with the shooting, hunting, outdoor industry about 20-something years ago, I actually decided that I wanted to kind of 
get a mentor in the business that was doing writing and maybe uh, magazine work and things like that. That was kind of a goal of mine. So I did find a prolific writer that was in this industry. And it wasn't the industry per se that attracted me. I just wanted the experience, the real world boots on the ground experience. So that's when I started a lot of ghostwriting and interviewing a lot of people in the industry and kind of almost living vicariously through different people. I wrote a lot for like Realtree and Mossy Oak on their blogs. And that's kind of where it started, just getting my feet wet and, and getting little interviews with really awesome people. But the more I learned about the industry, the more I loved it and really enjoyed it. And I guess it just kind of branched out from there into articles. And um, when I finally got in touch with Kevin Mikulowski of Concealed Carry Magazine, he had been wanting me to write for the magazine for a while. And I thought, Kevin, I'm just a mom with a gun. I mean, I don't know that that's very interesting or anyone would care about what I had to say. And he said, Beth, that's exactly why we want you to write for us. <laughs> so that's kind of where it just snowballed. And every idea I I took to the, the USCCA, they were excited about. And they kind of let me have a little free reign and start a blog. And it continues to this day. It's just grown with many more contributors and other voices that are part of the USCCA website's blog nowadays. But um, I guess that's kind of how it sparked and how it grew into a wildfire and how I ended up being a solid and dedicated participant in the 2A industry. So, and you started, when I um, first came across your stuff, I think you were probably writing a couple of articles a week on the blog. Because I used to look yeah. forward to, okay, there's a new one. There should be a new one there. There was, wasn't one yesterday. <laughs> and um, so then you transitioned to that, to the magazine, to the USCCA Concealed Carry magazine after that, right? That's correct. Um, I, I basically pursued the USCCA relentlessly until they hired me. And um, my title, even though it's basically you know, an editor for the magazine, luckily I get to do so much more than that with the company. And that's where the training side comes in. So I kind of have a foot in what we call the content side, which is our videos, our magazine, our books. But I also have a foot pretty solid in the training side, which is more based on curriculum and the different courses and classes that we're developing and offering. Okay, cause, yeah, the because uh, the material stuff too is um, is really good. Because I remember there were several articles I think that you did that inspired me to do different articles as well. And uh, I know there was one in particular when you were talking about uh, something that happened with um, at the school where one of your your children was. Um, yeah, it was like a career day thing or something came mm -hmm. up, and uh, the idea that you were a gun writer and uh, you couldn't say that or something like that happened. Yes. Oh, my gosh. It's so amazing how many people that has reached and how many people remember that. But when my son was, I guess it was the third or fourth grade, they had career day at his school. And of course, a flyer went out inviting everybody. And it basically said careers of all kinds. You know, we welcome everyone to come share with our kids. And I filled it out. I filled out the form and sent it in. And I was basically told, well, we don't want you influencing our children so you can come but you can't talk about the industry in which you work and that was really disheartening but you know the good thing my daughter um, this year actually they had the same career week and I filled out the form and I was invited and this time I did get to share 
everything that I wanted to about firearms and safety and about, um, you know, working with children to make sure they have a correct mindset and that they're responsible and respectful around guns. So that was quite a difference from just a few years ago. Well, that's that's great progress, especially in view of today's uh, current environment of things yeah. that are going on out there. But um, well, Beth, where are you where are you based at? I'm in Central Alabama, and so it's a pretty gun friendly state. But yeah. you know, there's well, I wanted to kind of pre- preface that because you know, most likely if you were in California, that invitation probably wouldn't have happened. Well, you were in the yeah. same place though, right? With your when that happened with your son, were you in the same yeah. area? Same area, same school, um, a lot of the same people, too, as far as the principal, school counselors, et cetera. So I'm not sure what the difference was. I'm not sure if it just kind of slipped in or got unnoticed or I don't know. <laughs> well, I'm sure there's been a lot of terrible school incidents. And, you know, now people, whether they want to agree with it or not, really need to look and listen to what you have to say. Absolutely. And, you know, what made this even more special for me is that the middle school where my son is now, um, when my daughter was actually young enough to attend that school, we actually had an incident here that did not make national news, but we had an armed gunman come into the school and take five of the girls hostage in the gym. And luckily, we had an armed resource officer. And a good guy with a gun stopped a bad guy with a gun. And that's exactly the kind of messaging we want to continue and also, of course, support that with safety and all the other things that people need to know, especially if they choose the concealed carry lifestyle, whether they're teachers, parents, or otherwise. And CNN wasn't all over that story. Uh, huh? I'm what a totally shock. shocked that no one jumped on that. You know, Amazing, it, right? if, 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 did they <laughs> at least write it up locally? When, did this happen in the last couple of years? This was in February of 2013, and while it did get some local attention, it was very little local attention. In fact, I will share that story even when I'm teaching classes here, um, you know, just 15 miles down the road, and most of the people, when I mention it, have no idea what I'm talking about. That, that so, is one of the one of the things we, you've you've already touched on. Two of the of the major problems. One is, of course, this that it's just okay to be biased against us, you know? Like, well, no, you can't come mm. talk to kids. You're a heathen or whatever, right? That's one. <laughs> and then the other one is, uh, uh, you know, it's hard for the news to report when something doesn't happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, now, now that sure. was that's as close to something happening as it gets, but usually the the, the reason guns are an advantage is because they, they make sure that bad things don't happen, and that's a tough exactly. news story to write, so. Yeah, Absolutely. But we're, we're certainly grateful for that resource officer that was there. And I've been grateful to a community that's mostly been very welcoming to teaching and training and different classes that I host. And, you know, it's kind of my mission to not just teach people across the nation, but it's fantastic when I have the opportunities to reach people in my own community. These could be the folks that I'm you know, going to the grocery store with or that are teaching my own children. So it's really an awesome feeling to to have even some of my neighbors or fellow classmates or teachers show up at these firearm safety classes and, you know, take take this into their own hands and take some responsibility for their own safety. It's 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 kind of a cool feeling. <laughs> well, you know, and, and that's what's nice about the writing and the teach. That's why I enjoy doing all this stuff, too, because you never know who you're going to touch and what yeah. information is going to get out there and what somebody's going to do with it. 
And that's a really rewarding part. When we come back after the break, Beth, um, I want to talk. I want to ask you about how you and your husband uh, talk to the kids about these uh, incidents in schools and things like that. Yeah. All right. Hang in there, Beth. This is Gun Owners Radio, FM 961, AM 1170. The answer. Welcome back to Hour 2 of Gun Owners Radio with your hosts, Dave Stahl, Joe Germisi, and Michael Schwartz. Visit GunOwnersRadio.com with your questions and comments or to learn how to become a sponsor of the show. Time to get involved and get active. Together, we will win. Now here's Dave, Joe, and Michael on The Answer San Diego. A lot of companies are frustrated with their websites. Yeah, it looks old. It's out of date. It's not getting customers. Well, hey, have I got an answer for you. SageTree, they get it. Since 2005, SageTree has been helping companies with websites that look great, work great, and get leads. You can stop being frustrated by your website and get one that you're going to be proud to share. Contact SageTree today to get a website that makes the phones ring. Getting started is easy. Call 866-728-9100. That's 866-728-9100. And they will fix your website today. All right, back to Beth. I think she, we're getting requests, Beth. That you yeah. got to tell the end of the story from the from the school. So what, what, what actually happened? What, were, what are the details? Well, the details were that the gunman or the armed um, intruder actually he used to work at the school, so they recognized him, and that's how he gained entry into the building. And it's still unknown to me. I do not know what his reasons were, but that resource officer, within 15 or 20 minutes, was able to defuse the whole situation, and nobody was harmed. And this was happening right around school buses getting let out and heading home and everything. So you can imagine that social media was just exploding with all sorts of things that were just heart-wrenching and scary and we are just all so grateful for that officer that was there and unfortunately i don't know any more details than that except like i said the man used to work there they recognized him they let him in and and thank goodness um things didn't turn out in any other different way because uh, that would have been a very scary and tragic thing so the officer did not shoot this gentleman not that I am aware of. I oh. think he was able to basically talk him through the situation. But, wow. you know, obviously the, the armed um, intruder saw this man, a police officer, with a gun and probably made some assumptions that, you know, this, this guy needs business, he's trained, and, yeah. and he has the means to stop me. So that's just an assumption. I don't know all the details, and, and I've never seen those details released. But so. it's a good reason why soft targets should not ever be soft targets. Exactly. Exactly. Because, again, I don't know what that man's intent was. 
he had the means to hurt people, um, and he didn't because, thank God, somebody with the means to protect our children was there and trained and ready to take action. Well, at least you know people are listening to you because we got all kinds of requests to hear the rest of the story. (laughs) Well, great. (laughs) There you go. Just uh, touching more folks. Yes, indeed. So, hey, Beth, I wanted to ask you, um, before the break, I started to ask, and, um, you know, both you and your husband are firearms instructors, correct? That's correct. And you've both got, you still have uh, school-aged children. And I was wondering, have you guys had the conversation with your kids, you know, regarding these, some of the school shootings and things that are going on? And what did that look like if you guys talked to them? Yes, absolutely. And often we've had discussions with our children about guns, about safety, about training, and about the possibility of, you know, bad people with evil intentions doing terrible things. Um, My youngest is a little too young to get into any details. She would probably get a little frightened, but we always encourage her and support her and tell her, you know, there are adults and parents and trained people who, you know, our job is to keep you safe and you just have to, you know, use good observational skills and be aware of what's happening around you and, you know, make sure that that you do what you need to under any kind of emergency situations or drills. Um, However, my son, he's in middle school now, and we've definitely had conversations with him about how frightening it is that schools have been targeted. And, you know, he has told me often the kinds of drills or training that they, they do in the school, and he's expressed a lot of frustration at times that, at least in the past, especially they were doing basically, you know, lock the doors, turn off the lights, and go hide in the corner. And um, from the training that I've been through and from the, the experiences I've had, I think also just from common sense, I think a lot of us would think, ooh, that's, that's kind of frightening and, you know, it probably is not the best plan, especially for those schools that do have the ALICE program, which our schools in Alabama are supposed to follow. Um, So he and I've had a little bit deeper conversation. You know, if there is ever opportunity to escape, I want him to take that opportunity. And, you know, I also want him to make good decisions and, and think, you know, and, and make sure that he's not doing any, anything rash under, under these kinds of circumstances. So the only thing you can do to help is talk them through it and try to best answer their questions and prepare them. And, you know, I am one of those parents that, I train my kids how to use tourniquets when they can, and I send them to school with a bullet-resistant plate in their backpack. You know, that's something they carry with them a lot, and they probably either have at their desk or on their body. And, you know, I'm willing to take those extra steps if they potentially make any difference at all. But it's really about mindset, ultimately. And I don't want to scare my children. I just want to give them better opportunities to be prepared. Excellent. Great points. Absolutely. Does, uh, do you shoot with your son, or does your son, your son shoot? Yes, and the cutest thing about him, my husband got him, you know, the Red Rider BB gun for Christmas. I mean, set it up just like in the movies, you know, where it was hidden in a little spot, and it was the last gift. Mm-hmm. And I swear that this cute little boy looked up at us, and he goes, but guns are for big people, because we had trained him so much about, you know, guns are for adults, and if you find one, don't touch it, and make sure adults are with you, and blah, 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 and um, he was very timid at first, and he didn't seem really ready or committed to uh, practicing with an actual firearm. He knew all the rules, and he could say them backwards and forwards, but he just was a little anxious. But now, fast forward to today, he wants to join the local youth 
shooting club and he goes with us to IDPA matches and, and steel challenge. And, and he is really better with um, like a semi-automatic handgun than most adults that I know. So wow. so awesome to see him grow and develop. So did you have to cut the stock off so the BB gun would fit? <laughs> luckily this kid gets some good genes from my side of the family. He's super tall for his age and luckily he's uh, fit into a lot of these different guns ah. better than most his age. So, because <laughs> my dad had to cut the stock off so I, my little yeah. <laughs> skimpy little butt would fit and I could shoot something with it. How, yeah. how old is your son? He is now 12. Well, we got Action Jackson here who's nine and shoots a Glock once a week. Yeah, he's got he's actually got a question for you, too. Yeah, okay. Uh, what's your favorite gun? Good oh, question. my goodness, good question. That, oh my gosh, I love the AR-15 that Still City Arsenal built for me because it's very lightweight and it has a cool Borderlands theme and I love to use it in competition, but but I still absolutely love the very first carry gun I picked out for myself and I still carry my XDS 9mm. I know it's not like super fancy and amazing, but I think it's more for just nostalgia and, and just because it was such a milestone that it stands out as still one of my absolute favorite guns. It's kind of like owning your first car, you know? Right? You never it, forget. It may not be the best car, but it's your first car. Yes. Yes. And there were so many good things that went along with the, the research and purchase of that firearm. So for me, it just, it's a, it's a feel good moment every time I think about that firearm and i use it in competition too so uh, it's not just my backup gun you know it, it's been put to a lot of rounds uh downrange so <laughs> if you want to have fun ask uh, joe what's his favorite gun and he oh, won't joe, be what's your favorite gun he won't be able to answer depends on the week right joe <laughs> it does you can't have a favorite gun ah, I mean, like having yeah. a favorite kid it really it's a tough <laughs> question tough question so what is it what would you have to, if you had to nail it down right now joe click uh, the feet. Well, I can't do Look that. This I mean, the one I carry all the time, the one I shoot all the time. They're not listening. They're not the one get, you just. They're not going to get jealous all the time. I just, I just found my John Wayne rooster shooter though. My single action there you uh, go. army. You got it. That you could, go. Yeah, I did. I did finally. Have you fired it? No, not yet. But this week. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, Beth, thank you so much for coming on here. Great uh, interview. What a great interview. We're gonna have to have you back though, because there's a bunch of other things I didn't get to ask you here yet. So, um, oh if my gosh. people want to find I would love you, to. I would love to. <laughs> no, wait, uh, hey, if people want to discover you, uh, where's right. a good place? How do they follow you around? Of course, they can go to the USCCA's website. So, go to uscca.com or usconcealedcarry.com. And if you're on social media, feel free to pop on to Pacifiers and Peacemakers with Beth Alcazar. I, I try to keep up with a lot of my events and training and other random thoughts that pop into my head. Pacifiers. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. All right, kid. Thank you very much. Have a great evening. Y'all as well. Keep doing all this awesome work. Appreciate it. All right, folks. This is Gun Owners Radio, FM 961, AM 1170. The answer. Back to Gun Owners Radio, FM 961, 
1170. The answer. A gun is a great self-defense tool, but have you considered your strength and fitness as a self-defense tool? Ah, all right. Did you know we have a world-class training school here in San Diego? Well, pilots can fly almost every day. We're close to the ocean, the desert, and we have mountains, and we're right near an international border and a major military base. That's why San Diego is one of the best places to learn how to fly in the world. Learn to fly in the heart of San Diego, right at Montgomery Field. Getting started is easy. Give them a call at 858-569-1822 or learn to fly with SDFTI. Give them a call, 858-569-1822. All right, our next guest is my buddy Leo Hamill. How you doing? Doing good. Good, good, good. Uh, founding board member of San Diego County Gun Owners. Um, and, uh, of course, everybody, most people know you from, from the commercials, from, from, your, from your jewelry store, right? Correct. Do you get recognized all the time? Pretty much. Really? People come up to you and say, hey. At least once a day. Isn't that, isn't that it's crazy, right? Uh, so most people know you from the jewelry store, but I want to just, just give me a, like a minute here to set some context. Um, right. What was about three years ago, we went to lunch and, uh, you know, I'm, I, I recently lost some weight. I got a long way to go, but a big part of uh, what I was doing, the program I was doing, happened from this lunch that you and I had. Um, you opened up LeoFit. And you were telling me it's this new uh, high-tech gym, and you're kind of explaining it to me, and I didn't really get it. I didn't understand it. And you said, right, you know what, just just come and give it a try. It's the best way to uh, explain what's going on is to come give it a try. And back when I was, yeah, like early 20s, like teens, high school, early 20s, I was, I was pretty much a gym rat. You know, I, I spent a lot of time in the gym, loved it, lifted a lot, lifted a lot of weights, um, and uh, so I went in and tried it, and it, it's it's this these two high tech machines, and it's all computerized. And you said, yeah, you just got to you know twenty five maybe thirty minutes, and it, that's a full workout. So I thought, all right, let's try this. And I walked out of there after thirty minutes, and it felt like the way it felt after an hour and a half, maybe two hour workout from when I was a kid. Right. Extremely effective. Extremely effective. And boom, I was hooked. They said, okay, what do I got to do here? How do I do this? And a couple times a week, I'd you know, come in for a half hour, um, and it was really, really great. So tell, tell people about LeoFit. Well, the core of what we do is, are these two machines you're talking about. Mm -hmm. They're called ARX Fit, and you can look them up at ARXFit.com, and they'll give you info. But the reason why the machines are so effective is because they're computer-controlled, the machine essentially knows how strong you are right now. So it doesn't matter if you're 90 or 19 or 9. It can sense how strong you are. And the whole idea is to put forth your maximum effort for how strong you are right now. And what that allows you to do is achieve the greatest amount of adaption in your body that's able to be achieved in one set of exercise. Now, people normally go and do three sets of 10, curls, chest press, and all that. The only part of those three sets that does any good really is the last second or two of the last set when you can't finish that rep. That's where the benefit comes from. So the previous 29 reps were kind of a waste of time. You could just pick up a heavy weight, go to the point where your muscles can't curl anymore and stay there for 30 or 60 seconds. That would be better than what people are doing when they do three sets of 10. Our machines though, the machines sense your strength as, as it is right now by the millisecond. It graphs it on a chart while you're pushing and it gives you just a little bit more than you can put out 
second by second. And what that allows you to do is to do one set per body part, one curl, one bench press, one leg press, one tricep press, but you do six to eight reps and you are completely exhausted by that last rep. The machine sees to it that you are if you're putting out your effort. You can actually do a full body workout in 20 minutes, even 15. 30s on the in my gym. 30s kind of on the long side. Well, I'm not. At 30 means I get to have a nice big long break in between. Right. There's a lot of chatting going on when it goes to 30. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but it's and it, but it's a full body workout. Full body. It's it's you know all the exercises are, are, are you know everyone's going to recognize. You ever been to a gym? Even but even if you have never been to a gym, if you've never worked out before, this thing's foolproof, and you have people with you the entire time. Right. We have a coach that's with you, so you have your coach. Uh, that's making sure that you're doing the exercises right, but it's pretty hard on these machines to do them wrong because the moment you get to where you can't do it, the pressure stops. If you stop right. pushing, the, the weight stops. It's in a fraction of a second, so you really can't get hurt. And you have the screen coaching you. After you've done your first workout, there's a oh sorry, there's a wave showing how much you were outputting, and the wave gets smaller and lower as you go along because your muscles are fatiguing. On your next workout, you see the last workout, and you're competing against yourself on a computer screen, and and you have your coach pushing you to get that all-out workout. And that, that piece you just said, I don't think it's talked about enough. One of the major issues, one of the reasons I gained so much weight is I have a major, major back problem. I had a okay. disc removed when I was a kid, and it's, I mean, it is... I can't emphasize just how uh, how 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 bad it is. Basically, I mean, it's really, really been, you know, it's really been difficult. It's very, very difficult to deal with. And part of that is, you know, I'd get into the gym, I'd get into a rhythm, I'd get into a groove, I'd get on a schedule, and then two, three weeks into it, um, boom, it would, you know, my I'd injure my I'd re-injure my back basically. And then, and then I'm done for two months. I'm on my back. I'm sleeping, you know, not sleeping necessarily, but laying in bed. I, you can't. You're you're immobile. You injure yourself, especially your back. You're immobile, and then boom, it's like, all right, well, now you either you either starving yourself, or you're going to gain weight because you just can't. When you're immobile, you just can't move enough to burn to burn calories. What I've noticed at LeoFit is, I don't get injured because. You don't. You can't push. Your, you, you, it doesn't. It only pushes back on you as hard as you push on it. Right. So if you start to get injured, or if your muscles start to get weak, or something starts to give, then the the the, the tension also gives. Right. The moment you stop pushing, it stops pushing. The moment you stop pulling, it stops pulling. So if you have, you know, if you throw two hundred twenty-five pounds on a on a on a on a bar and you're going to bench press that, you're always pushing two hundred twenty-five pounds. So if your muscles start to give out, you, you get an injury, something happens, you're still dealing with 225 pounds. And that's why people get hurt. And that's how people get hurt. That's how I would get hurt. I, I, right. I've never been injured on your machines. We've been open three years and have had thousands of sessions, and no one has been hurt. Yeah. And that includes people that come in with injuries. We have a 95-year-old guy that works out. I mean, he was completely frail when he showed up. And I like to use that word frail because most Americans – past the age of 60 these days are frail they they've lost muscle mass they're weak they're a little bit overweight and that's how they get hurt is because they try to do exercise like they were 20 and they're lifting 100 pounds say in a bench press and they're pushing against that 100 the whole time when they start to weaken towards the end that's when they get hurt on our machine you push if you can push 100 on the first rep you'll get 100 on the second rep you'll get probably 98 or 95 by the third rep you're down to 80 but you can't push any more than that if you're fatiguing your muscles in the proper manner, which is as hard as you can 
for the strength that you are right now. Again, by the second. And when I started in the gym back in the 80s, late 80s, what you said was is true. You do three sets of 10. Right. That, that, was, that the, was it. That was the instructions. Do three sets of 10. Okay, well, how much? just do three sets of 10. And, and over the last few decades, they've really figured out two concepts. I mean, maybe there's more, but the two concepts I recognize that your machines really work on uh, have to do with uh, working out till failure and then time under tension. Right. And those two things are enormously effective because, like you said, uh, if you do 10 reps, you're not really, you know, the first nine is, is really just warming up for that 10th, and that's where you actually are building muscle. Right. That's where you're actually doing what you need to do. But the uh, um, going till failure, meaning going until your muscle is absolutely completely fatigued, um, that's that's what built that's what helps build muscle, and and that has to do with how much time you're actually uh, un, time under tension, how much time you're actually pushing, and with with LeoFit, you're 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 basically maxing out the entire time. You're maxing out from the very moment you start, but again, you're maxing out for how strong you are yeah. right now. So right. it doesn't matter how weak you are, you're still going to be maxing out in a safe manner at that level. And you mentioned time under tension. That's actually an old concept now. What actually matters is going to temporary muscle failure. That two seconds where you can't finish and the weight is, is feels like a thousand pounds because you can't finish it, that's the part that counts. That's when your muscle your muscle fibers are adapting. And the only reason we exercise is because we want an adaption. We either want our muscles to get stronger, we want them to get bigger, or we want the, our metabolism to speed up. And the third thing is we want our body to lose weight. Fourth thing, those are why we exercise. It's one of those four things or a combination, and they're all considered adaptions by the body. Your body doesn't adapt for going for a half-hour walk every day for five years. Right. The first three times you did the half-hour walk, you got pretty much all the benefit you were going to get. The next four years and... 333 days, you were just walking, and your body learns to lower your calorie, ne the calories necessary to do that walk, so the, the rest of the walks are basically a waste of time. And my best example is that there's two ladies that walk in my neighborhood. Uh, they're definitely not listening to this show. <laughs> but they've been walking for five years, and I've watched them for five years. They walk for an hour a day for five years, freezing cold, hot of summer, after five years of walking, they look exactly the same as the day they started because they got the benefit from the first three or four walks, and after that, it was just walking. Their body lowers their calorie consumption to match that walk because it already adapted to it on the first three or four walks. But on our machines, you're pushing to the level that you're getting a body adaption and actually upregulating of your metabolism, your strength, your muscle size, every second of every exercise. And that's why you can do a full body workout in 15 or 20 minutes. And that's that's only been the last few decades, too, where people have thought of building muscle in order to burn calories and lose weight. Right. The thinking has always been, if you want to lose weight, got to go jog five miles or whatever, right? right? And right. that's, you know, and, and really, if you go jog a mile, you go burn 100 calories in that, in that uh, you know, whatever, maybe 90, maybe 105, but somewhere around 100 calories. Right. But then that's it. You don't, you, you know, that's it. You stop jogging, you stop burning, you know? Well, the, the sad thing but, about that is that when you jog for a mile and you burn a thousand cal hundred calories, I think we're going to a break. Yep, yep keep going. You got, you, got you, you, burned, you burn the hundred calories, your body the next day will demand that you eat those calories back. That's why you start craving mm. food. All right, man, we're going to come back a whole lot more with Leo Hamill. This is God Owners Radio, FM 961, AM 1170. The answer.
o'clock. This is Gun Owners Radio, FM 96, AM 1170. The answer. I need to turn the page. Turn the page. Turn the page. PRMI Mortgage, primeres.com slash alpine. If you're looking to buy a refi or if you're considering a reverse mortgage, call our local mortgage guy that you can trust. Call Chris Wiley at PRMI Mortgage. For nearly 25 years, Chris has been helping local San Diegans with all of their mortgage needs. They make it easy. Work with a friendly expert team will, that will help you get the best deal on mortgages. Call Chris Wiley, 619-722-1303, or just go to primerez.com slash alpine. All right, we're back with Leo Hamill. He's got a company called Leo Fit. So I do have a question. You have two machines. Correct. What if you get 30 people in? We don't. We never have more than three people training at so a time. So basically, you schedule people in. They just don't walk in and jump on the machine. No. Well, how come Michael gets to do it? it enormously efficient, because I set an appointment. Set an appointment. Oh, they yeah, say, you right, told me you Tuesday. just walk in, the place shuts down, and you, and you go jump on the machine. <laughs> I'm so important. I know. I'm a legend in my own mind. Where were these machines developed and designed? Uh, you know? I, I couldn't tell you that. Oh, okay. But, huh. the, but the development of them was based on science. It's a brilliant idea, yeah. and they work. Um, there's only two machines on the market, this brand and another brand. The other one's a home brand, right. which doesn't have a screen, so you, can, you, you can't really yeah, you need watch. To see. You yeah. need to see your, yeah. what your efforts you're putting out, and the benefit of comparing to the last session inspires you to be a little bit stronger, uh, right. but, which brings up an interesting point, and this is a fact. When people start doing this exercise, they get stronger every workout, every time. They come in 20 minutes twice a week, and they can see on the computer that so twice strong. twice a week twice is what you week. recommend. Twice a week for twenty minutes is all you need to do, wow. and you will get stronger for at least three months. And some people get stronger for three years, virtually every workout. So the ninety-year-old guy, how long has he been coming in? About a year and a half. And when he first came, he drove a scooter down the hill because he lived <laughs> in the neighborhood. He couldn't get off his scooter onto the machine on his own. Really? We had to help him. That's how frail he was. Uh, within four or five months, he was getting off the scooter himself and getting on the machines. I mean, he had gained that much strength back in just a couple of months. So is he 86 the scooter yet, or is he just like riding the scooter? No, he actually hurt himself on oh. his scooter, so we haven't seen him for a few months, but he'll be back. He's, oh. he's hurt himself a couple of times. But yeah. It really is. A, I mean, I had in and out of gyms for like 25 well, or whatever, 30 years. Well, you were very back in the day when you yeah. first started doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, I've never seen muscle build so quickly. I've never seen muscle build so quickly, especially with, uh, you know, with how much time I, I wasn't spending there, you know, right. just a couple of times a week. It wasn't making any sense to me, like how, how, how efficient it was. Okay, so we're talking about fitness. We're talking about Leo Fit. We're using all kinds of terms like What's that got to do with guns? What does it got to do with guns? Right. And Leo, you've been shooting like the earth cooled and you started right. shooting. So, you, I mean, you, you know your way around guns uh, better than just about anybody. So, or just as, just as, as much as anybody. As anybody yeah. yeah. So, what does this have to do with guns? Well, one of the things I noticed when I started taking training classes and instructors is that uh, actually I started when I was in the National Guard and I was a pistol shooter. And it drove me crazy that the front sight was waving all over the target. Now, they would tell you that it's okay, just squeeze the trigger. But the stronger you get, the easier it is to keep that waving into a smaller circle over the target. Same with a rifle, same with the crosshairs of a scope. The stronger you are, especially in the positions where we hold a gun, which is unnatural. It's not normal to hold something out in front of you with one or two hands. But building up shoulder strength, bicep strength, and even trigger finger strength, 
will make you a more accurate shooter because you're controlling the mechanics, the, the weight of the machine, which is the gun, better. So we're, the whole idea of us being me on the show today was the stronger you are, you should be able to shoot better, assuming you're doing all the techniques properly. So these machines do the full body, because yes. you mentioned fingers. Yes, because when you do a row, for example, you're pulling towards you, your fingers oh, are okay. exhausted Truly. after 90 seconds. You <laughs> the, can barely hold on to the handle. The, the grip, it's insane. Like having to, having to hold on to all that. You know, the other thing that, uh, you know, when you're – when you're guiding weight down, you can guide more weight down than you can push. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You can you can only push a certain amount, up, right? Right. But when you're guiding weight down, you can guide a whole lot of weight down. So uh, this machine compensates, you know, and start it pushes as much as you can handle, which is a whole lot on the way down. Maybe not as much on the way up, but that that grip it takes, especially you know when you're rowing or when you're doing any 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 kind of pull, really the, the amount of your forearms. Your your grip, you know, it's, they tingle. <laughs> they tingle. <laughs> they tingle, Dave. That's exactly what I was going to say. Yes. I had a sneaky feeling. <laughs> but again, it's all this. It's it's the normal exercise, you know, <clears throat> bench and row and legs and calf and then pull downs and and lat pulls and it's all the. It's I like it's, the twenty minute aspect of it. And that part is really really cool. If you if you you know the thought of going to the gym, you know, it, it, you know, hour hour and a half minimum you know but here you can get it done in you know 20 i, I i'm gonna say you know set aside about a half hour 20 to 25 or 25 to 30 talk, minutes as much as i talk i'll be there all day and <laughs> but you're in and out you know if your appointment's at 10 a.m you're They'll out by 10 30 yeah boom 10 a.m welcome sit down start working boom 10 30 you're out mm. you know well let's talk about the most important what's it cost it's about 50 dollars a session that's it yep so You're never going to make any money paying off that machine. Well, we really should be charging more, but that's what we're charging. Um, so if you look at two sessions a week, 100 bucks, if you can invest $5,000 in a year into your body, yeah. it will be completely different at the end of that year. You'll be significantly stronger. I would guess somewhere between 20 and 50%, and that's not an exaggeration. Yeah. So we talked off air about diet. Right. Because, you know, everybody will tell you, yeah, you know, all the diet stuff on TV, and then in little teeny print that you can't read states you need to exercise right so how do you attribute a, a, a diet to say michael versus joe or the, is the diet pretty much the same the, the interesting thing about diets and believe me in the last three years i've studied a lot of studies studied a lot of reports a lot of articles so a diet doesn't really matter as long as you're consuming slightly less of the calories per day than you're exerting you will lose weight the problem with most diets like i was talking about with walking every day when you go on a diet and you consume, say you're supposed to eat 2,500 calories a day to maintain your weight, mm-hmm. you eat 1,500 calories because you want to get into a wedding dress. This is very typical for a lady to say, I've got a wedding dress to get into in a month, and she wants to lose 10 pounds in a month. She will lose 10 pounds in a month eating 1,000 calories a day. She will lose on a scale. She'll get in her dress, and then within the next two months, all 10 pounds will come back plus and one, one to two more every time. That's why they've never had a reunion show for The Greatest Loser. Because every contestant, uh, this is a fact, every contestant gained all their weight back well, plus more. How many times have you seen people that do that? They'll bust their butt. And I used to say, well, the reason it's all coming back is that's how the good Lord made you. I mean, if you're that size, you're that size. And if you do exercise, you do diet, you get down to that, let's get into our wedding dress 
exercise, and then when you're all done with the wedding and you don't exercise and you don't diet, then you're going to blossom back to what you were and then some. That's well, how Philippi's made you. It's not how the good Lord made you. <laughs> oh, is that how Philippi's made me? I don't know. Actually, if you want to look at it from that way, nature, God, whatever, God designed or nature designed your body to be a certain weight. Right. We, we overeat and get that weight up. Your brain gets used to that weight. Sure. So when you lose weight, it wants to go back. Now, the, the brilliance of these machines is when you're doing intense exercise, this is called high-intensity resistance training. Uh, when you're doing high-intensity resistance training, your body upregulates your metabolisms, metabolisms, so you burn more calories, you lose weight, fat, not muscle. Most diets you lose about half and half, half fat, half muscle. Very easy to take off 10 pounds. But what comes back is about a quarter pound of muscle, and the rest is all fat. Mm. Then another one or two on top of that. Gotcha. But by doing high-intensity exercise, you change the way your, your muscles are functioning. It's called remodeling. They basically change during this process. Mm. They don't change when you're doing three sets of 10. That's why you see guys right. in a gym for five years doing their three sets of right. 10. They might look a little better after five years, but they could have looked a little better after three months wow. if they did intense short exercise. Yeah, it, it, it's hard to, when you're in a cal, uh, caloric deficit, it's hard to build muscle. I found I was in a caloric deficit right. and I found, you know, not just maintaining, but building muscle going to LeoFit was totally possible. You can build muscle, that's rare, but you can certainly maintain your muscle. Um, I, I don't want to use me as an example because I'm bragging or anything, but I've been on a very strict keto type diet, which I recommend if someone wants to talk about it, but I've been up 35 days on a keto diet. My weight dropped dramatically. Then it started coming back. And if you saw that, you'd think I'm failing. But if you look at my body fat percentage, it's down like three percent. Yeah, it six goes weeks. from fat to right. So don't don't you have like a isn't there like don't you have like a a, a gadget? Right, we have a thing called a, a Cosmed Bod Pod, which is a medical grade wait, wait, instrument. A, a co what Cosmed is the brand. Okay, Bod Pod is the model. Bod Pod, and it's a machine. It's a device that you get into. So we seal it, and it tells you your body composition. If you've ever seen people dunking in a pool or heard of the hydrostatic, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 that's that's giving you a body composition. Ours is a dry method. It's equal in in efficacy. It's the same thing, except it uses air pressure instead of water. And it's it's it'll give you your BMI. It'll give you your no BMI is something else. Oh, it'll give you yeah. your percentage of of body. Fat versus oh, muscle okay. and bone. Right. Gotcha. Lean tissue versus that's even more body fat. Way well, more and you mentioned off air when I mentioned about a yeah. diet. You say, "Oh yeah, we give you the diet," but most people don't stick with it. They, they don't. But so a person has to have the right mental attitude with diet. But even if you eat a bad diet, if you're doing high intensity exercise, you will slowly become more fit. I was going to say you'll at least be stronger, and you probably lose a little bit of weight because your metabolism is increasing. You have to quit drinking beer. No. I was, oh, I'll, but I'll see you Monday. <laughs> I was good. when I was losing a bunch of weight. I kind of plateaued here. I had a, I, my back actually flared up in in January, unrelated to LeoFit. Um, but uh, I, I was I was good about eighty percent of the time. I figured, you know what? If you can be good about eighty percent of the time, you're just you're mad because Denny's quit doing spaghetti. That, that was the twenty percent. Denny's was spaghetti 20%. was twenty percent. Leo, you ever go to Denny's and eat their spaghetti? Um, not for decades. Not ever. <laughs> It was delicious. Not for decades. It was delicious. But it, it is delicious. delicious. <laughs> That's two. Thank you. That I know. <laughs> but it's really amazing. I, I really enjoy it. I, you get a great. It, it's located in. In it's in the same building as our jewelry store on San Diego Avenue, which is right across from the airport. Close to yeah. Isn't close that in to Old Town? town. Yeah, south of, old town? just south of Old Town. Yeah. yeah. So how often should if somebody <laughs> wants to do this, 
you need to call ahead of time because I'm sure yeah. you have tons of people coming they in. You do need to call and make an appointment because we only have limited slots yeah, to, yeah, yeah, to start yeah. new people. But your first visit will be probably 40 minutes to get you tuned in, educated right. on the machines, walk you through it, do an yeah. exercise. Most people feel stronger wow. after the first one. Do you go in in spandex? <laughs> you, you have to sign up to find out. That's one of the that's one of the benefits of being a, a Leo fit. You know, you could put customer. him on the wall. That would be a real motivator. <laughs> All right, folks. Leo, this has been one of the better shows. I'm I'm almost convinced. I'm, I may have to take a look at it. You'll never know unless you come and try. You it. absolutely. You're. A, a, I want to come to look at your watches if you really want to know that's the honest okay, <laughs> So I could do that while I'm resting. All right, folks. Hope you enjoyed talking with Leo Hamill. Check it out. It's called Leo Fit. The website is leofitlabs, plural, Bingo. .com. All right, check him out. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick break. This is Gun Owners Radio, FM, 961 AM 1170. The Answer. Welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, FM 961. AM 1170. The answer. All right, folks. We live in a time where the mainstream media and politicians are trying to eliminate your ability to defend yourself. Gun control laws don't work. Think about it. Criminals do not obey the law. Gun control laws just make it harder for law-abiding citizens to protect themselves and their loved ones. Making good guys helpless doesn't make bad guys harmless. Help us restore and defend the Second Amendment. Hit the like and subscribe button and share the show with a friend. All right, so Action Jackson, what do you say we go down to Leo Fit? What do you think? Yep. Get all we, swole. We could. We could. We, then you could start looking like you know. You know, like one of your like Chase. No, you don't want to look like Chase. <laughs> Chase has got too much hair. He's pretty ripped. I was going to say Hulk, but... You want to look like the Hulk, right? I can see that. Yeah. 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 We'll just have to paint you green. <laughs> but that's okay. You'd look good in green, right? Uh, Probably. Maybe. Yeah. Got to cut your hair, though. I'd be envious if you were green. Yeah, I would, too. <laughs> All right. Uh, I like, by the way, I want to go back. Making good guys helpless doesn't make bad guys harmless. I think that's one of my favorite Second Amendment phrases. Yeah, I agree. We got to make a shirt. <laughs> That'd be a good shirt. It is. It, it, it makes so much sense. You know, it's not snarky. It's not, you know, silly. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's fact. I like it. What's your, what's your, Joe, what's your favorite Second Amendment? Well, we're asking Same. a lot of favorites out That of one right now. No, I hadn't seen that one before. I like that. <laughs> I, I like it, too. It's starting yeah. to pick up. Rich, where'd you find the uh, good guys helpless? Making good guys helpless doesn't make bad guys harmless. Where did you find that? Is it a meme floating around, or did you think of it? Yeah. We're giving Rich the credit. Good job, man. Bathroom wall. You know, <laughs> you know. So you're going down to Leo Fit? Yeah. I'm seriously going to take a look at that, yeah, because I, I think wanted we to start doing that something anyway i was just going to go back to the gym because now that i'm an old guy i know gym memberships are free <laughs> so uh but if i could accomplish the same thing in much less time uh i'm getting back into it i i stopped for a few months i gotta start going i was back. gonna ask well, and that's completely reasonable yeah. too i was expecting you know you hear well well it's 250 to start and it's this or that 50 dollars a session is yeah. completely so that's reasonable. 100 that's you know 400 bucks a month a week that's not bad yeah yeah it's easy it's good I had a rough year though, so I had to, I had to, I had to back out for a, for a few. 
but I'm back. I'm well, back I'm at sure it. Well, I'm sure you can back out, and then as long as you, I would think. Yeah, there's no, it's not the like diet a, is what you really got to watch. Yeah, well, that definitely helps. It's the whole package, but there's no, like he doesn't have like a commitment, you know, or anything. Right. It's not like you you're losing. Sign money. a six year yeah, contract, nothing like that. So it's pretty. So that's good, you know, because it makes it easy. How big is the facility? It's like a, it's like an office. It's like a small office okay. suite kind of thing. It's just, it's just big enough for the, for the, uh, for you and your consultant. Yeah, but you're, you're, you're the only ones there. Well, that's what's nice. You're not sitting there with a whole bunch of buff dudes. Yeah, and you're feeling bad. No, there's also, you know, he, we didn't talk about it, but in the back, there's another company that has the cryogenic uh, recovery deal. So what you do is you, you, you strip down to your skivvies, and they, they, they give you uh, uh, earmuffs and and gloves, and you get into this little telephone booth. And it brings you down to about it's like thirty below zero, and you, and like I said, you're you're just standing there in your in your underwear, your underoos. You're down thirty below zero. Yeah, and you stand there for a couple minutes. It's supposed to help muscle uh, recovery or whatever. But I just wanted to go feel what thirty below zero in my underwear felt like. That's the only reason I did it. it. Well, I by the way, the answer below. is it it feels cold. I've been at forty below, and that will never ever happen again. I, I've been I'd been at thirty below before, but not in my underwear. But it really it like hurts to breathe. It hurts yes, to they, breathe a little bit. Don't they just freeze you and bring you back in twenty ninety seven? When there's <laughs> once they found a, uh, that's when they cut once they found a, a cure, they cut your head off and freeze it. That's what they got. All right, yeah, we got to ask a question. I think I think we should stump my nephew. Everybody's favorite segment. If you send us a question, gun trivia, and we use it, we'll give you a hat or a shirt. Right, Action Jackson. Yep. If we, uh, uh, if you stump him, if you stump my nephew, um, you'll get some kind of cool special prize. Right now, you're playing for gun prom tickets. Gun prom, June 18th, coming up less than two weeks away. You'll be able to meet Leo Hamill. You'll be able to meet Action Jackson. You'll be able to meet Dave Stahl. You'll be able to meet Chase, the dog. Don't forget Joe Dramisi. Joe Dramisi. one of his favorite guns. Yeah. Well, which gun, have you decided which gun you're going to bring to gun prom? Joe. Oh my God! He's yeah. on the on the. It'll be be one of the four that's on my uh, license. <laughs> <laughs> the safest dinner in all of San Diego County. I guarantee you that. Um, all right, Sam the Gunman. How are you, man? Not bad. How are you guys? Fantastic. What do you What are you carrying these days? Um, mostly, I carry my Glock forty three X because I don't have a holster for my other handguns. But I'm getting a leather holster made for my Kiapa Rhino, so I can carry it at work. <laughs> have you shot that thing yet oh yeah i've i've put several hundred rounds through it it's great it's fantastic <laughs> did we talk to you about it on air yet have you given us a little mini review um i don't think so but uh do you do you have a question for me tonight i have a question but i don't want to talk <laughs> yeah let's get with the program I know, this guy he's like <laughs> he i was gonna ask can't if stray top gut yeah can't I guess stray at we'll all from that this guy's all business okay I just oh. want to give people what they're what they're tuning in for. Oh, that's nice of you. Get it. That'd be different here. I guess we have three questions tonight. There you go. All right, you ready to ask the question? I didn't I didn't prepare you. Are you able to ask the question? Uh, yep. You read that? Here we go. Who's that from? One, two, three. Pete from Tucson. Tucson, Arizona. Eight, Arizona. Arizona. There you go. Yeah. Pete from and Tucson, Arizona. Ask what gun was used for the prop for the Jawa characters in the original Star Wars movie? Excellent question. Sunny Tucson. Dave's not impressed. Thanks very much for writing in. Um, are the Jawas the uh, the ones wearing the hoods and they've got the glowing eyes? Yes. Yep. Okay. Um, 
I don't know what gun was used as the stand-in per se, but it was based on the uh, Giselle, which is a traditional um, musket from Afghanistan and that region of the world. I, I don't know what they actually used as the stand-in, though. Maybe a Martini Henry or a Lee Enfield or something. I think you're thinking of the of the. He Sam. said Lee Enfield. No, 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 no he didn't. What yes, did you, he did. What did yeah, you? Yeah, he said Lee Enfield. He said. Pay attention. Yeah. Oh. He said Lee Enfield. He, did. Oh, he said Lee Enfield. Yeah. Okay. Well, I knew it was coming. He geez. just was going. He always likes to give us a choice. I I, I missed it. So you said Lee Enfield. You're yeah. right. World War II, 303 caliber Lee Enfield rifle number one, Mark three, the ion blaster used by the Jawas on Tatooine to capture R two D two was another heavily modified firearm to have a brief moment in Star Wars. It's actually a cut-down British short magazine, Lee Enfield, number one, Mark III, fitted with a grenade launcher cup on the end. Correct! Yeah. One, of the, one of the sort of neat things about Star Wars, and I'm not really a huge Star Wars guy, but something I really appreciate um, about it as a work of media from the 70s and from the 80s, I guess, uh, is that George Lucas really had a thing for combining different kind of different genres of media. So Star Wars, the original Star Wars, has aspects of uh, World War II films and um, adventure films and westerns and uh, martial arts movies. So it's uh, a lot of the a lot of the blasters they use in the movies are actually based on chopped up. Uh, World War II military surplus weapons. Now, unfortunately, they were a lot more common back then than they are now, so it's it's sort of sad to see those pieces of history being, uh, you know, broken up and used as movie props. And it's especially sad when a Star Wars fan gets his hands on something that he doesn't know how much it's worth and, of course, chops it up to make a, a non-firing replica. <laughs> Yeah, Han Solo's uh, blaster was a, what was it, a broom something or other, broom handle? Yeah, he had a, a Mauser C96 uh, nicknamed the broom handle. His was, you know, of course, modified. They all were. The Stormtroopers had, I think, Sterling submachine guns or maybe Lanchesters. Who would even know There's that. nothing this kid doesn't know, am I right? As much as I've watched uh -huh. Star Wars... I thought they were just guns. <laughs> now, to be fair, do, how much does a Lee Enfield rifle go for, like by itself, with, and not as a prop? In Without being chopped up. Yeah, exactly. How much would that go for? Depending on model and condition, I've seen them within the past few years going from anywhere between four hundred and a thousand two hundred. But okay, because I was going to say uh, I remember they had it up for auction. It's about the same price. But you think, but, Sam, they'd take a real gun? Or wouldn't they just replicate it, you know, in the prop shop? Well, I think nowadays they just replicate them because yeah. they're rare. But back in the 70s, the, you know, people were rolling in $20 Lee Enfields. So it would be cheaper yeah. to chop one of those up than to uh, replicate it. Look out of pipes. It's kind of like, you remember, I don't even know if they still are, but the Moist and the Gaunts were like, remember how you could buy like, like 10 of those for 20 bucks or something like that? <laughs> yeah, everyone, everyone. So many of them. Nagants were really cool because back like 10, 20 years ago, you could get them for 50 bucks, 100 bucks. Uh, but now they, they have a little bit of a less favorable reputation because they're three or $400 now and being compared to rifles that are equally expensive. Well, there you go. All right, my friend. Awesome job. You got it right again, even though I didn't hear you right. I apologize, but uh, fortunately, you got a, you, the peanut gallery here. I heard what you, were, what you said. So we're very attentive. Very attentive. Very Congratulations. Attentive.
All right, buddy. Cool question. Thanks for writing in, Pete. Um, Everyone keep the questions coming. And as always, thanks for for having me on. All right, buddy. You're the best. Hey, folks, subscribe to our show. Give us a five-star review. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, and Spotify. And support all our great, great sponsors, San Diego County, Orange County, Inland Empire Gun Owners, the Dillon Law Group, PRMI Mortgage, Sage Street Digital Marketing, CL1, Leo Hamels Fine Jewelry, San Diego Flight Training International, and thanks to Joe Dramisi, Michael Schwartz, Sam the Gunman, Action Jackson, and the wild one in the box, Brendan Thomas. Right here. Oh, Mr. Bob Siegel's coming up next, and I got a feeling it's a smoking show. Gun Owners Radio, FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. This program is sponsored by Dave Stahl.